wherever you listen throughout the world. It's football time! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Gridiron Guys. Uh, Mel Kuyper has gone back into his hibernations. Fans are back and they're starting to believe that this might really be their year. And we now live in a timeline where Trayvon Walker is the number one pick. And look, and as such, I do now consider this timeline where Aiden, there isn't a timeline out there where Aiden Hutchinson went number one is now going to be the superior timeline. Unfortunately for us, that's not us. Have I recently seen the new Doctor Strange movie and it's influencing my monologue? Possibly. But, you know... Before I get into any further deep into this rabbit hole, I should probably introduce my co-host Cam. Cam, how are you going? Yeah, the dust has settled. Two weeks later, I needed that after we uh, we just nailed the draft. Death taxes in uh, Baltimore, absolutely <laughs> smoking the draft is just a given every single year. But look, it was it was very exciting, and I think we're going to have to cover a fair bit of that today. It was a good day out, wasn't it, for it? In Vegas, you know, uh, there was some nighttime ones, but then the daytime ones as well. Plenty of celebs getting out as well. I know there was a few that we all recognise, probably a few that the younger guys recognise, a lot of those streams and things like that. Do you enjoy that part of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty good. I thought some of the guys coming out and making the picks was was woeful. The guy making the Vikings pick was hilarious. Like, who is that? Uh, Ed Marinaro. He used to play uh, for them, yeah. I believe, and then he was the coach on Blue Mountain State. So he was obviously a lot funnier when his lines were scripted, but <laughs> I can't imagine he's very good at improv. Oh, no, that was absolutely classic. But, yeah, day out, absolute day out. The Vegas would have gone off that weekend. It would have been huge. Yeah, you got to love it. I think they really make it a big spectacle, don't they? Um, you know, you see some of the events over here, like the AFL draft. It can get really fun if you, you know, listen to SEN 24-7. But outside of that, not much really <laughs> happens, especially when there's just guys looking at computer screens and people in their polos. So I think there is some opportunity for some scope to, you know, other sports to look in and, you know, really see how well to do it, isn't it? Oh, there absolutely is. Now, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed that they're moving away from Vegas. I think Vegas did it pretty well. I think they're going to Kansas City, followed by Detroit. So I don't know if it's going to keep up with the same sort of style, but I, I thought Vegas was great. Yeah, but looking out about Vegas uh, and those sorts of things, I suppose we should look in a bit of the actual draft. Uh, we obviously had the big mock draft, which is the fans. Again, thanks for everyone for getting in touch with that one. That went really well. Mm. thought the picks went really good. Uh, you know, you look at some of the ones. Uh, obviously, a lot of movements around during the day with trades and things like that. It's really hard to predict that. But I thought most people seemed pretty happy. Um, there were a few curveballs, but I suppose we should probably start with the top 10. Obviously, the big one we alluded to at the start, number one pick, Trayvon Walker. Uh I'm not a huge fan on it. Um, I want to get your thoughts though first, Cam. What do you think about it? Yeah, I'm not a huge fan on it either. I completely agree. Look, he's probably ready now. He's probably not the best player in the class. I think they're going on potential rather than the best player in the class. Like Aiden Hutchinson's IQ, football IQ, his arms, his like his get off is just phenomenal. Like he was number one. Once those odds blew out, we kind of jumped on Hutchinson. We did lose some money on it, but that's okay. But, yeah, I was just blown away. I guess there was sort of the toss-up between the GM and the coach who they wanted at the Jaguars. So Jaguars may have messed this one up. He may not have. I'm sure he'll be a good player, but whether he has that number one tout on him and the plays with that weight on his shoulders, I don't know. What did you think? I think he'll 100% be a really good player. Like, obviously, what he has is something that you can't train. Like, you look at that guy and you look at his body size and everything like that. That's 
that's just fundamentally something that you cannot train. And obviously that's probably what he has over Hutchinson. You know, he is just a large fucking human being and that's fine. Mm. Um, I think I agree with the potential right now. Walker is a decent player, but is he going to go out there and throb like Hutchinson is? Hutchinson is a guy that you can build your defense around now. Walker, you're looking in, you know, probably in the next three to five years. So I think, look, he's definitely going to be an elite player. Don't get us wrong about that. But I think, is this something that the Jags want? Obviously, they're not going to be going to win the Super Bowl right now, but do they really want to put themselves in the position where they actually can win some games for the next couple of years rather than just picking up and getting the number one pick for a third year in a row? Yeah, well, that's exactly right. Like, like athletically, this guy is probably one of the most gifted his position and for his size. And they really stacked up on defense in this draft. And I think this guy's going to be one of the leaders on that draft, as you said, maybe not right away, but in the next few years. So I guess they're looking to the future. And Pedersons, he's a coach. Like, they sort of know what they're doing. He's built some good defenses over in Philly. But, look, I, I'm, I'm not sold on the number one pick, but he will be a capable player, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I suppose at least it leaves it for the Lions. You get the hometown boy. He falls to number two. And, you know, Detroit's happy. Detroit's absolutely could not believe that they get this kind of guy at number two. Um, and I think it really does shore up a spot for them, doesn't it? Oh, it does. You, you couldn't have written this any better, as you just said. Like, went to Michigan and has just gone down the road to Detroit. Like, it's it's absolutely perfect. And the Lions... Look, the Lions weren't phenomenal last year, but I think this significantly improves their defense. I think the picks they made in this draft, they, they were very good for me, which we'll talk about later. But Hutchison is a bloke they're going to build around. He'll be a captain to this team in the future, and he's potentially an all-pro. Like, I mean, he's got the capability to be. I don't know whether that pans out, but I really rated that pick. Yeah, and I think it gives the opportunity for the fans to start believing in something happening You know, this coming year. Allows the defense mm-hmm. to get on top, make some wins, Stop that bleeding because they're actually not too bad. You know, we saw some of their rookies, Armin Ra, St. Brown, come up. Um, mm. You know, whether Goff can get in touch with those guys again. They had a pretty decent offense as well. Um, so if they're able to stop that bleeding on the defensive side, they could actually be kind of competitive. I mean, you look at the NFC North, it's basically Green Bay Packers and then the rest is an open slather. So there is some opportunity for them to move up in their division. Yeah, I mean, they're wholly capable. I mean, Jeff Okuda, they lost last year, which is the first round pick, <clears throat> excuse me, from the season before. So, look, their defense is going to get pretty stacked and pretty deep going further down the tr- down the road. So, look, yeah, as you said, in the north, they're capable of taking some wins away from these guys. Yeah, so now we're looking towards the uh, – there was a couple other positions that had big in the top 10 um, and even that first round. There was a lot of offensive line, um, wide receiver, topped in a little bit towards the end there. And then we had the defensive edge. Uh, that was what everyone was looking after. Who sort of picked? Who sort of picked your eyes? Uh, caught your eyes? Sorry, in the top ten. Yeah, I was interested. People were sort of ragging on, not ragging on. They were sort of saying the Texans kind of butchered it by picking Derek Stingley over Source Gardner. Now I see, I see Stingley as CB one. I think he's the most capable and probably the best prospect. Gardner's not going to do any issues. Like Jets nailed that pick in pick four. Mm. Stingley at three, I was really happy with. I think people were really upset that they went him so early, but. Out of both cornerbacks that win, I think both are going to be very good. Both teams will be happy, but I really rated the Stingley pick. Yeah, Stingley, uh, I think Stingley's going to be the guy. You just sort of look, he's got the resume. I mean, obviously, Source was amazing, you know, that no touchdown season and all that. Um, but you do still, and I know we're getting a bit sec bias here, but you do still have to take that with a grain of salt coming from a group of five player. Derek Stingley did it. He went all the way to the championship. Yes, he does come off an injury, so he didn't have a product as productive year last year. 
but that guy is still there. You know, he is, was NFL level two years ago. So he's had sort of another year to get himself and rehab himself properly. So I think he's going to be the best there for the Texans. As I said, love the pick there for the um, Jets. Uh, we move on to the next guys. Kayvon Thibodeau is absolutely going to throb out there with the Giants. They did really well. And I think the next two picks with uh, Quanu and Neil, they could have both gone to either way. I quite enjoyed those ones. Yeah, Quanu going first. I mean, look, we weren't surprised at whatever offensive tackle went first because there was just names thrown around in that. They were just stacked. Offensive tackle was stacked in that first round, as Max told us. Like, there's just a lot of guys this year that are just really good at that position. I think Giants really nailed it. I think both of those picks, like, it couldn't have gone any better for them. I suppose they were happy with the Quanu to go and then just land, Evan Neal just lands in the lap and Kayvon Thibodeau. I mean, a potential number one or two pick if you asked us a year ago. Mm. And he's just landed in their laps. Giants, I think, absolutely nailed this first round. Yeah, and then looking towards it, the wide receivers, they were the other big uh, question mark mm. over this one. Um, a lot of people looking at Alave or Wilson, uh, but not us. I think we were quite clear on Drake London and how good he was going to be. He was the out-and-out best player in college football last year until he injured himself. Um, and obviously Atlanta are going to prove that and get throwing him out there. I'm really excited to see what he does, and I'm not surprised that he got picked up at eight for them. Yeah, he's a real home run hitter. So, uh, yeah, I think I was a little shocked that he was the first one to go. I guess people had higher tickets on some of those other guys, as you just said. I mean, they didn't go much further down the track. Wide receivers flew off the board, which we were really surprised at for that first round. We kind of thought day two is where you're going to find some talent in some that wide receiver market. But, I mean, Marcus Mariota throwing to Drake London. I mean, I don't know. We know Desmond Ritter ended up at the Falcons whether he could be the first quarterback rookie to start this year. Uh, I mean, it's very possible, but Drake London and Kyle Pitts in the same team, I really like it. Yeah, and I think we sort of said this last year with the Bengals that we made the wrong mistake about going out and drafting a playmaker Mm. essentially out in the receiving core. Uh, And that's what these guys have done. And I think this whole Bengals idea is going to try to be emulated by other teams. You know, people try to tried to copy the Patriots for so many years and now they've seen the success that the Bengals have been able to make. So I think it's only going to be justice that people are going to try and do this exact same idea. Oh, no question. Like, uh, yeah, I think Jamar Chase really proved that if you can get that number one receiver and no, no one's going to be, not everyone's going to be Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, hmm. but if you can find that one, geez, it sets you up. Well, you can really make an average quarterback look start to look towards that great elite sort of category, can't you? And, I mean, Marcus oh. Mariota, no chip on his shoulder. He's he's not great. He's not what he used to be. Um, yeah. But he certainly has the qualities. Uh, he's got arm strength. He can also move around the pocket quite well so he can extend the play. Uh, so that gives time for London to sort of break off on routes. Obviously, hasn't been a starter for a few years. So that's probably the only question mark. But I think hopefully with, you know, a full offseason and, that competition between him and Ritter, that may be able to spur them to get good quality um, looks out there and get some great ball slinging. Yeah, it might light a fire under him. You're right. Like he could, he's sort of been in the background for a little while playing on second second string on a few teams. Ritter coming in, Ritter's capable. But yeah, Mariota, fresh start. And as you said, he, he is a capable guy. But is he a bridge quarterback to Ritter or is he a bridge quarterback to someone in the future? I don't know. Speaking of quarterbacks, uh, Another surprise potentially to most people, um, but again, probably not to us. Uh, Malik Willis, not the number one QB and certainly wasn't in the second mm. round too much as well. Kenny Pickett, number one QB at the end of the day. Uh, the small hands obviously throwing everyone off, but at the end of the day, should anyone have really been surprised at this pick? No. And look, I don't know if all 32 GMs are listening to this podcast because you banged on about Malik Willis <laughs> not being not being the best guy. And, and you're right. Look, people, they've taken a punt on him further down the track. And I think... 
it could be value for the Titans down the road. But at the moment, I think they've made a really good decision in not going him in that first round and paying him those big bucks early on. And Kenny Pickett, look, first one off the board. We picked that. I put a bet on that. And that landed at the Steelers. We knew Steelers were pretty keen on a quarterback. But whether he starts this year, Trubisky or him, I'm, I'm curious to see. No, I think Trubisky gets the look in. Uh, Kenny Pickett obviously is potentially a long-term solution. And I think that's probably the idea you want. You're looking at a long-term solution that isn't going to be like a project like Malik uh, that you've got to put a lot of time into. You know, this guy can learn. Uh, I really enjoy Kenny Pickett. I think that's a great pick. We do know that the quarterbacks were going to be thin this year, especially when you've got guys coming out like Pete Carroll saying, look, we actually, you know, think that Drew Locke is better than all these quarterbacks. You know, that's sort of saying <laughs> something, isn't it? Um, yeah, that, that's, that's and, enough to me. And he's probably not far off, to be honest. You know, these guys aren't the strongest bunch and that's all right. A lot of them have fallen to some teams um, and we'll talk about them later, but, you know, they're going to be someone that in the next couple of years that you can build up. They're not a play now and that's fine, but, that's why they haven't gone all first round like everyone thought they might. And I think maybe that's just the way the draft has become. People are just used to thinking that QBs have to go in the top, but it's okay. They didn't. The world still revolves. The sun came up the next day and all was all right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's some of these guys, they just didn't feel like the franchise quarterback that you must have. You've got to go out and get this bloke. He's not Trevor Lawrence. He's not Deshaun Watson. He's not Pat Mahomes. You don't have to reach and put all your chips in on one guy, but you're right. One, one of these guys will probably make it at least one of these guys, I believe, unless it's one of those quarterback classes like in the past few years where just everyone stinks, but I reckon <laughs> we'll find one. We had a couple more things in the first round that caught our eye. Um, now, probably a big one. Was Bill Belichick having another stroke while picking Cole Strange or will this pick be absolutely just so left field that it just might work? Oh, look, I'm, I always say I'm never surprised at what Bill Belichick does in the draft, but I think everyone is baffled. At this pick, I think we asked a few questions the other day and like our listeners and said, what was the worst pick? What was the best pick? And uh, Guy Richardson has to say, the worst is Cole Strange at 29. This guy was the 3,800 rank player coming out of high school. He went to UN University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. So not a very well-known school. And is it even did one? I don't believe it is. Look, I could be wrong, but I really don't <laughs> think it is. It's where one of the main receivers went. He thought he was going to University of Tennessee and ended up at the Mox. And I can't remember who it is. It's not Randy Moss. It's one of those other guys. But look, Bill seems to somehow pull a rabbit out of the hat every year. Mm. If this guy's playing with a chip on his shoulder because he's been told he was an absolute horrible pick, I really hope he proves people wrong. But Cole Strange was shocking for me. Yeah, I mean, especially when you're considering a team like the Rams were hoping to pick him up. And we know they have absolutely no picks in at least the top 100 or something like that. So if they're not even thinking about him before then, if he's going to be available then, like <laughs> who saw this one coming? Oh, did not see it at all. Like, I mean, there was a few rare picks, as you said, in the first round. I, I think Dallas Cowboys reaching on Tyler Smith is probably another one for me that I really wasn't sold on. Um, there was a few others in there, but yeah, that's the main one. Cole Strange, I mean, he's a strange pick. Yeah, leave it at that. And I think finally, um, another person who sort of got left out and left behind was Aaron Rodgers. He still had no oh. first round receiver for another year. The Green Bay Packers, they're going after Key Walker with this 22nd pick. You know, there were still some decent guys out there. Um, you know, probably not what people thought would be uh, first round wide receivers or playmakers, but, you know, certainly guys that you could still pick up with the number 22 pick and still be happy about them. Oh, definitely. Like Green Bay, they went defensively. They went really hard defensively. And I'm actually 
not disappointed in how they picked their wide receiver. I think Christian Watson actually is probably going to be a very good receiver. I mean, when he plays with Aaron Rodgers, probably does better than they anticipated because they're playing with him. But I think I'm really keen to see what Christian Christian Watson can do. North Dakota State, which is our famous Bison, so the alumni of Carson Wentz and a few others, Trey Lance. Mm. Look, I'm really, I'm really, yeah, as you said, they just must not really believe in taking first-round talent wide receivers, and I'm going to be baffled if this doesn't pan out for them as well. Yeah, just it throws another spanner of the works in what everything that Rogers comes out and talks about about not wanting to be on a rebuild, you know, wanting to be winning now and things like that, and looking for a potential trade, and it just it really just doesn't really make sense whether he's playing chess not checkers, um, is he playing the <laughs> wrong game on purpose or is he just accidentally playing the wrong game? I don't think anyone knows, to be honest, and I don't think we're going to know until this is all over and he writes some awesome autobiography with the help of his friend Pat McAfee. Um, <laughs> McAfee. Um, but look, it's an odd one. Um, it's definitely shaken the heads of all the Rod, um, Packers supporters out there, and you got to feel for them because they do sort of struggle on draft nights. Uh, speaking of which, who did you find struggled as well as teams on the draft night? Draft night teams losers for me. Oh, geez. I have to go Minnesota. Minnesota is probably one for me. I found really bizarre. They had pick 12 mm. and then they traded down and got pick 32 and 34, I believe, and then traded away pick 34. They didn't get a first back in return. And I, I, I'm just really confused about the decision making here. I don't really know what the play was there. What about you? Yeah, it's a bit of a strange one, isn't it? I suppose. Uh <laughs> Um, look, probably one was the Rams. It's it's hard for them to make any picks at all because they have none. Um, but with what they did, I don't think they really did too much, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> so it's hard to really make too much of a comment on them. I suppose another one would have been Tennessee. They made an interesting one. I sort of didn't mind them at first, but then when you started looking at some of their actual picks, um, it did start to be a bit of a head-scratcher. Oh, absolutely. And then I suppose once you lose, uh, once you lose AJ Brown in the trade, which we'll talk about later, and then pick up Traylon Burks, which is meant to be a like for like, but phew, that's a that's a massive reach. Um, another guys that I think probably didn't really do too well, Arizona Cardinals. Now the Cardinals had pick twenty three. They traded the Baltimore Ravens, which we'll talk about later as well. Pretty much for the same position that he got drafted in. So you got three or four years out of him at the Ravens. They've traded back for him. And they've gone out of the first round. And I, I, other than that, I, I wasn't a huge fan of any of the other picks. So tight end Trey McBride, not huge on that. And then there are a couple of other players. I thought the Cardinals really struggled. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that one too. But for every team that struggled, we had a fair few that knocked on off the top of the head. Um, you know, we got teams like the Eagles. We talked about the Lions, Ravens, Jets, and probably even the Texans poking their head in there a little bit with some good drafts. Uh, I think obviously we should probably, you're busting to talk about it, the Ravens. <laughs> Dealing off um, probably Hollywood Brown, bit of fallout there as well. But I think some of your picks as well were actually quite fantastic. Oh, look, we, I think that I was listening to an interview with uh, Eric DaCosta today. He had an interview with Marlon Humphrey. And they just talk about, we pick the best player available. They don't worry about what position it is. They don't worry about where they're looking. Like, yeah, they might have needs but they just let the players fall in their lap. Kyle Hamilton was a top five projected pick, had some rough times at the uh, combine, mm. didn't run too well, but I mean, we needed it. Like we desperately needed a safety, but he's the best safety in the class. We then traded out Hollywood Brown, who we don't have to now pay. And he's probably going to warrant a fair contract. I know Lamar's probably favorite target other than Mark Andrews. And it leaves us very thin at wide receiver. 
But we then picked up our center for the next probably 10 years, Tyler Linderbaum, who's the best center in the class. Fantastic pick. Then we've gone and got David Ajabo, a guy who was probably projected top 20. He's fallen into our lap student Achilles injury. Travis Jones, one that was in top 40, top 50, we got at 70. Then the plethora of fourth round picks. Now we picked up a punter in there, a couple of tight ends. But there's going to be guys in that fourth round that are going to make it for us. I'm, I'm super happy with how we drafted and I can't complain at all. I thought we really nailed it. No, Tyler Linderbaum is probably going to be pick of the year. I think he was great. Um, look, the Hollywood Brown thing, there's probably a little bit of fallout that went with that as well. I think there was a couple of trades on the day that really rowed. We touched on AJ Brown um, mm-hmm. and Hollywood Brown, the two Brown boys, I suppose. Uh, but look, that one just seemed to rock. At the first, you thought that Lamar was worried about it, but then it sounded like there was dialogue. And then finally, so what Hollywood was actually at an Arizona Cardinals draft party, was he? He was, yeah. So he pretty much got picked up on the planes. I think he requested a trade maybe a year or two ago. I'm pretty sure he's just requested a trade, requested a trade, and we sort of didn't really <laughs> play to that. But eventually we thought, this guy wants out. Let's try and get what we can for him. And if you're telling me that Marquise Brown's almost worth the same value as A.J. Brown is in the trade, then I think we've absolutely won that. Like, A.J. Brown is a far better receiver, oh, and yeah. we've got nearly the same pick for him in the first round. So I think DeCosta's worked his masterclass there. And look, he, he, look, Hollywood Brown's probably going to work in Arizona. I think once D hops back and they've got a few of their receivers, he doesn't have to play for number one receiver and he'll probably do pretty well. So look, I hope he does, but I'm, I'm really happy with how that panned out for us. Yeah. Uh, look, I sort of touched on the Jets a little bit there before, but they had a massive day out. I think they oh, ended up having oh. four picks in the first round. Is that right? Um, I think three. 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 Three, but they yeah. did really well. So obviously they started off with Source Gardner. Great. Either way, it would have fallen. They would have either picked Derek or Source. I think that was a great mm-hmm. pick. Um, then you move on to getting again Garrett Wilson. You go basically one, two with him and Drake London. Awesome pick. But then I think the best one was all the way sort of at the end of that first round with Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. Mm-hmm. He fell a fair way and they managed to get in and get him. And he is going to be absolutely elite, I think. That was probably a great oh. pick as well, wasn't it? Yeah, look, Jets, if it wasn't the Ravens that was the best pick of the drafts, I think that the Jets, for me, really nailed this and they've really set themselves up. Like we asked, as I said, we asked the question to who we thought nailed the draft and we had a response from one of the Jets players, our very friend Max Mitchell. Mm. Jets were the draft day goats, according to him, and he's not looking. I know he's about bias and that's fine because <laughs> he now plays for that franchise, but the, he's not wrong. Source Gardner is going to be number one corner there for a long time. Garrett Wilson Easily, I would say, other than Jamison Williams, who I thought the Lions did really well to get prior to his injury, yep. probably they're probably the top two for me in the draft, wide receiver-wise. But then Jermaine Johnson fell to them. They traded, they traded up, went to 26. Thanks for coming. They picked up, as Max said, one of the hardest guys he ever had to block. Like, they just nailed that pick. The next day, they picked up Reese Hall running back. So he pardoned them with Michael Carter. Look, they just helped Zach Wilson left, right, and center. Yeah, I think it's going to really set them up for some success, you know. Working into that year, you're going to build these guys. You're looking at sort of the rookies and all that that they had last year. Um, obviously, had a lot of growing pains. That's fine. But now you add this rookie class this year, and you've got this nucleus of these guys, this two, three years of guys that are going to be able to play together for the next sort of three, through their rookie contracts, for the next three to four years or whatever. And they're going to sort of be able to create something special. Obviously, they're in a tough division as well. So they're going to have a fair few bumps along the way and a fair few learning curves. But I think this is a really strong bunch of guys that you can see who are at least all at the top class of their school. And then they're going to come across and they're going to just bring that elite mentality together. 
and you know bring back New York football. I mean, there's so many teams out there. You've got oh. the two-team town, and then you've also got Buffalo right next door pretty much. I think Buffalo really probably plays closer to New York than some of the New York teams, I think. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think that's a really good um, area for them, and it sort of makes you really excited for them again, I suppose. And especially when you've got such a division like theirs that has been dominated for years by the Patriots and now looks like it's going to be dominated by the Bills, it sort of brings a little bit of competition into it, doesn't it? You look at the Dolphins, you look at the Pats as well. Brings a little bit of excitement to that area, doesn't it? Oh, this division's really heated up. And I think, look, we sort of try to jump on teams and make them the team of the podcast. Now we did that with college teams. I think we're going to have to do that. Obviously, as we've had Max on the show and Max is now going to be playing right, left tackle. I think he's probably going to play swing tackle initially, mm. but he'll probably work his way hopefully into that right tackle position. I don't know what they're going to do with Mackay Becton. But look, Jets is going to be the team. I think we're going to have to be like the, uh, just following this year. I think that's going to be, have to be the, the podcast team. So yeah. yeah, as you said, tough division because Miami, yeah, they've improved. Miami have really improved. They've had a good off season. Bills, as you said, just red hot. Pats, you never know what you're going to get with them. They've obviously improved and they've stayed strong, but I'm, I'm excited to see how the Jets pan out this year. Yeah, and then finally, probably another team that we thought did really well was the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, obviously um, famous for Meikle's hot minute. Uh, they went out. They obviously got AJ Brown through a trade, so a great pickup there for them. Uh, they managed to get Jordan Davis, who was an absolute throbber out of Georgia. They were the 13th pick, and I thought probably also their best pick and, you know, one that has a little risk to it, but I think he's going to be really good for what they got him at. N'Kobe Dean, they got him. He fell mm. a long way because obviously there was those issues with his shoulders and things like that. But I think for someone that we thought he was probably going to get picked up in the 13th or 14th pick by Philadelphia, for him to land at them a couple rounds later, I think that was an awesome pick by them. Oh, look, Philadelphia and Howie Roseman, it pains me to say that they absolutely knocked this out of the park. Look, Howie Roseman has been honest and he said, I oh, he basically was saying, I don't know how to pick first round talent wide receivers. Look, JJ Arcega, white side, second round, struggled. Jalen Rager struggled. Now he's just gone and said, I don't know what about this first round. I'm going to trade, trade out and I'm going to grab myself AJ Brown, proven receiver. Yes, we've got to pay him the money, but that's worth it. You've got Devonta Smith paired up with like a home run hitter, paired up with AJ Brown, who's a first a first round pick. Mm. You didn't get Jalen Rager. Whether they keep him or not, Jalen Rager now, with no pressure on him, playing as that third, fourth receiver, may improve. Look, that's a, that's just speculation, but I'm really happy. Jalen Hurts probably really benefits from this the most. But yeah, Nicobe Dean is 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 a hit or miss pick, as you just said. I think it's going to be a hit because he was projected to go way higher. There was issues there, but I think look, they've just they've just really had a crack, and I think Philadelphia have smashed it out of the park. Yeah, they're going to be unreal. I think you can really look at them and go, again, this is going to be a good bunch of playmakers. Now, obviously, the biggest concern will be over Jalen Hurts. I know Meikle, mm. he's probably his biggest critic right now, um, just does not yep. believe he can throw over the 20-yard line. And look, he's probably right. <laughs> over majority of throws, especially under pressure, he's probably not going to get those deep balls down. Um, he doesn't really look for that check down much either, so he's quite erratic around in the pocket and throws it away. Big interception risk. But I think he hurts is a competitor. You've seen this guy. He dominated at Alabama. He went out there. He got knocked back a couple of times. He got pulled on the big stage, you know, for tour. We all lost, saw that. He went back. He went back to the Sooners. He worked on his game and he came back and he played quite well in that last year. And I think mm -hmm. you've seen in his yeah. improvements in the NFL as well. Each year he's gotten better. And I think he's only going to get better as well. 
He's had a full year as starter last year. You know, there was the COVID year the year before as well, but I think he was sort of in and out back then. And now this is his team. He's had the full ride. Um, no issues with worrying about, oh, are we going to pick up another QB? Is there going to be a backup? He's the guy. And I think he's really going to thrive under that. And they've given him all the opportunity for success. And look, worst case scenario, if it burns out like a fireball, fine. They go to next year and there's a ton of throbbing QBs for them to pick up. Yeah, that's right. It's no risk. And, and, and as we just talked about before, they've now still got, they didn't have to give up a first round pick next year. They've got two first round picks next year. They can go all in on something, someone that's a vet or a, or a potential quarterback. Um, look, it's 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 one that I think that benefits Jalen Hurts, and for me, they're my best value bet this year for the their, to win their division. I think they're three dollars fifty at the moment. I don't think Dallas improved that much. I think Philadelphia's improved the most in that division, and I think they're going to take it out. Yeah, I really agree with you there. Dallas really didn't do too much in this draft, did they? I mean, you look at teams like also. The Giants obviously made some really big improvements, but their big question mark is mm-hmm. still over quarterback. Like what happens there? Yep. Um, you know, you still got Danny Dimes. He's obviously not going to do anything for them. And I think the quarterback movement has sort of finished now, especially after the draft's done. Um, and then you've got the commanders as well. Uh, obviously they picked up, uh, not how did they? Yes. Cast. Uh, yes, they did. Yeah, they did. They, they did pick up Sam Howe, but they traded for Carson Wentz. Apologies. So look, I mean, and again, you don't, Carson has got to that point in his career where he doesn't come to a team and you think, oh, thank God, we're all fixed. So I think there are a lot more questions in the other teams than there are a Philly, and I think that's why they look to lead their division out of this one. Yeah, look, I think you're absolutely right there. Another team that I really liked just quietly is uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. They're off-season plus their draft. Look, they picked up Trent McDuffie, which is a great corner. George Karlaftis, who has real potential at the edge rusher. Then they picked up Sky Moore. Now, He's not a direct replacement of Tyreek Hill, but this guy's got super potential. Tyreek Hill, they then don't have to pay all that money to. They also picked up Valdez Gantling and Juju Schuster. Now, they may not be 100% the best receivers, but depending on your situation, you're playing with Pat Mahomes, you're always a chance to be a better receiver. Well, I think they've gone for quantity over quality, haven't they, really? Um, just get enough yeah, blokes definitely. out there on the field, and they should be right. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Looking onto another couple of ones, I did see an interesting pick. Now, there was a lot of talk of running backs. We did talk about Brees Hall um, mm. and the other pickup of Kenneth Walker. Now, this is going to be the interesting one for the Seahawks. We know that they're obviously going for Drew Locke, uh, not interested in another QB. That's their number one guy. Um, so their mm. biggest issue is going to be running backs now. They've gone after Kenneth Walker. I really like this guy out of Michigan State. Uh but it adds intrigue to their already stacked running back core. They've already got Chris Carson. They've got Rashad Penny. Um, and a lot of people were wondering, should they have used such a high pick? I mean, when I say high pick, I think it was like 30-ish, 40-ish. So just to the start mm, of the yeah. second round, when they probably yep. could have gone after a positional player and just look to rebuild this year, which is likely what they're going to do anyway. Yeah, look, yeah, they're going to have to have a really potent running attack this year, I think, as you said, with Drew Locke under centre. Their, their running attack is going to have to be their focal point. Um, yeah, look, they might rue this one. Kenneth Walker had a phenomenal year at Michigan State, came out of Wake Forest, transferred, and played really well. He was up there for a Heisman finalist. And, look, I think it's not a bad pick, but as you said, running backs are a bit of a reach. You can find guys like Elijah Mitchell. You're always going to always find a guy like that. Sixth round, fifth round, fourth round, you can find some talent further down the track because these guys don't last forever. Running backs burn out pretty quick and you don't want to burn a pick on them so high. But look, it's so hard to say how this is going to play out. I'm, I'm curious to see how he goes. 
It's very early days, isn't it? Someone else that was very early days now looking into the QBs. We're going to touch on them before we wrap up here. Obviously, the big one, Malik Willis. Dropped a fair bit. Mm. Um, a lot of people surprised. I understand he's a really good athlete, but I think everyone's got to pull their head out of their ass and know that just because you run a fast 40-yard <laughs> dash doesn't mean you're a good QB, all right? So that's number one. Uh, number two, he goes into Tennessee and he's come into a hostile environment already. Uh, Ryan Tannehill mm. coming out saying, I'm not here to mentor some guy or whatever. And I think, one, that's probably a bad attitude. Um, Tannehill is obviously not going to get usurped by this kid, so I don't think he should really worry. But he could clearly do himself no harm by just helping the kid grow a little bit. What are your thoughts? Oh, I think you're absolutely right. There was a couple of like really good quarterbacks that don't play anymore saying that's really not the attitude. You've got to help the bloke. It doesn't matter if he's going to potentially take your job. You, you do what's best for the team. Now, Tannehill, that writing's probably on the wall there. They're not going to pay him long-term and they're going to hope Willis pans out. May not happen, but there's all possibilities that Tannehill will see the door in a year or two. Or if Willis really does... Is the guy? Yeah, don't know. I think it really does show that Tannehill is starting to feel the pressure, isn't he? You know, they've had that Tennessee mm-hmm. lineup that we've really thought should have won a Super Bowl the last probably three years. Derrick Henry's yeah. obviously been outstanding for them. Last year, they had both AJ Brown and Julio Jones. Um, so there was really no excuses. The defense was quite good as well. You had an all-pro secondary Ooh. down there as well. It was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, so yeah. certainly feeling the heat there. Um, then obviously, we talk about Desmond Ritter. He was the other one we thought was the number two quarterback. Um, I think, you know, I like where he's gone. He's obviously going to be a nice backup there, but I think he probably could have been a little bit more realistic and, and I know it's hard in draft night, but checked himself in check because he was really sort of quite angry that he fell so far. And I think having that sort of self-awareness might've done him some good, you know, is the, <laughs> are we, we going to see another unfortunate moment where Johnny football 2.0, where he texts teams to come and get him and, you know, it just, it just blows up in his face. I'd hate to see that to that kid. Oh, look, I'd hate to see it too. And yeah, look, we saw more footage of him in some of his looks in a Liberty team. Like he just, it just didn't really work out. didn't stand out for me. Um, but yeah, look, Ritter's, Ritter's I, I believe, probably as I said earlier in the episode, I think he's potentially going to be the first one to start out of these guys. But whether that happens, whether Mariota really has a crack, I don't know. But yeah, there's, the other pick is Hale. He sort of fell. What did you think of Hale falling to the commanders? Look, I thought that was probably going to happen between him and Matt Corral, um, who went to the Panthers, I believe. Um, you know, I think they both fell oh, to yeah. good situations. Corral goes to probably uh, an easier battle between him and Darnold. Sam Howell obviously mm-hmm. comes into the commanders. I think he gets Carson Wentz. Hopefully Carson gives him a little bit better reception um, than Tannehill did. Uh, but I think the interesting thing that's come out, and this is probably a little bit of just blowing, you know, smoke or whatever up people's ass, but Sam Howell is um, potentially causing dressing room issues already um, because he only eats chicken. And now so he's brought his own chicken tenders to the steakhouse dinner nights and out on team meals. I don't know what this is all about. This could all just be an absolute hoopla over nothing. Uh, but he's, he's obviously making an impression already by the sounds of it. Yeah, it sounds like he's got the palate of about a nine or ten year old. He just only eats his chicken that his mum's cooked for him. But look, fair play to him. If that's what you like, that's what you stick to. It could be a value pick for me. Look, commanders do it really weird. I was looking just before. Look, they traded out early on in that round from pick eleven to move down to sixteen to pick Jahan Dotson. Like they were going to take a wide receiver anyway. They could have picked Chris Olave, who ended up falling. I mean, the Saints traded up to get him, I believe, at pick eleven. But yeah, Jamison Williams is still there. They've made, it's a weird one for me, and I'm keen to see if how can he's probably the best chance to replace pretty quickly as well as Ritter. I think Willis people really rate him still. We don't. 
So I'm curious to see where this ends up. Yeah, look, long-term, I think all these quarterbacks have question marks over them. And I, we were all quite aware of this going in. And I think, um, you know, no one should be surprised about how this panned out. They've all gone as backups. And I think we'll be able to see them progress and things like that. But they definitely, as much as they're not ready now, I think a lot of these guys have shown that they do have arm strength. They can sort of at least decently read a field a little bit. Um, it's yeah. just, you know, just some of those consistencies about getting the ball out and things like that. So, but we wait to see them. Obviously we'll see a little bit of them in OTAs um, and then training yeah. camps and things like that. And then starting to move on to those preseason games a little bit more. But um, for now, I think it's going to be, it's, it's enjoyable, isn't it? It's all about the hype. It's all about the hypothetical, isn't it? How this team will go on paper. Oh, yeah. And I think that's just what all the nuffies love at the moment. Oh, the grades mean absolutely nothing until these guys take the park. Yes, these guys speculatively are going to go well, and we think this guy's going to be great, this guy's not. But there's going to be guys that just surprise us, and Cole Strange could be the best player in the draft. Um, <laughs> there's free agency still hitting around. Baker Mayfield situations just keeps taking a worse turn for him. Who knows where he's going to end up? Might end up in the USFL. Um, but look, we're excited. The season's like a little bit, a little bit away. We've got some things to get through between now and then, and probably going to have some few interviews coming up, I believe, with a few Aussie punters. So that's something else to look out for. Yeah, absolutely. Look, we can't wait to bring all that for you. As the footy season is starting, um, everything is going to be coming to you, and we can't help wait to deliver it to you. So, uh, look again. Hope you enjoyed this one, and uh, we can't wait to see you next time. Thanks for letting us in your crib. It's been real.